welcome to the new and improved Work Life Glue podcast. I am reviving this podcast that I did in the past that was dead, and now I'm coming back with a whole new focus. I have so much planned. I cannot wait. This podcast now is dedicated to helping working homeschool moms balance the demands of motherhood with homeschool and work, as well as helping moms who want to homeschool find a way to earn a living while home. Since that's a huge barricade, so many moms struggle with when they want to homeschool and it keeps them from being able to homeschool. There will be interviews on this podcast with fellow working homeschool moms and lots of tips being thrown your way. So I would love if you would subscribe to this podcast. Glue. It's messy. It's sticky. It gets everywhere, but it also can be really useful for us working homeschool moms. When life gets chaotic or overwhelming, we don't need work-life balance because is that even truly possible? We need work-life glue. We need routines, tips, encouragement, and advice from fellow moms who are also living a working and homeschooling lifestyle to help us glue the pieces all together. I'm Sarah, a homeschooling mom to three little girls who is insanely passionate about helping other moms balance work and homeschool, and also encouraging moms on the fence that it truly is possible to do both. The Work Life Glue podcast is for busy working homeschool moms to have a place to chat about this crazy, beautiful lifestyle. It's also for moms who desire to homeschool but need an income and don't know what to do. I'm here for you. I share my own wisdom and ideas and also interview fellow working homeschool moms because we all have so much to learn from one another. We definitely don't have any time to waste, so come on in, get comfy, and let's get started. If you are new to my brand, Work-Life Glue, hi, my name is Sarah. I have three daughters, ages eight, six, and three. So a third grader, a kindergartner, and a preschooler at the time of this recording. I have technically been homeschooling for three years now, but I also ran an in-home daycare in our home for five years, starting when my oldest was a baby. So I've always been working and educating kids in my home since my first daughter was born, except for in 2020 when my oldest went to kindergarten for three quarters of a year when she wasn't distance learning during the pandemic. I currently am still a working homeschool mom, so I watch kids before and after school, have a little daycare program for school-age kids, and then also on no school days, and then I also run this business. So I am doing multiple different businesses from home, as well as homeschooling. So I love sharing different tips and ideas of how to manage it. And I love to share stories from other moms because we all do this a little bit differently. So I'm not the only one out there who's doing it and thriving. There are so many other stories that I want to share to show this is possible. And so many moms are doing it that you just don't hear about a lot because they're busy. I have been sharing mom tips, intentional motherhood, and home education ideas the entire time I've been a mom on YouTube and mainly Instagram. I narrowed my focus more recently to really niche down and give a voice to working homeschool moms because I hear so many people say they can't homeschool because they need to work. I also hear my friends who do work and homeschool cry out to me for help because it can be super overwhelming at times. So although I don't have a magic pill to take to make it all work out and every day to be perfectly peaceful, I do have lots of tips, encouragement, systems, routines, and ideas to share with you. I also go live most weeks on Instagram and we'll be turning those lives into podcast episodes for those of you who don't like to watch or listen on Instagram, but I'll also be putting out exclusive podcast only episodes every week as well. I share a ton of behind the scenes and extra tips and ideas on Instagram though. So make sure you follow me there at work life glue. So 
To kick off this very first podcast revival episode, I just want to share seven of my tried and true tips for balancing work and homeschool. So my very first tip is to make a bulk breakfast on the weekends. And so I have been doing this for years. Years ago, I wanted to make more homemade breakfast, home-cooked breakfast for my kids, but I didn't have a lot of time in the mornings. I also don't have a lot of time on the weekends to prep a whole bunch of different breakfasts or lunches or dinners. So I did some strategizing and I realized if I start now and make one large breakfast on the weekend and then freeze what we don't eat that day, and then if I do that every single weekend, by the end of the first month, I now have a cycle of four different homemade breakfasts I can pull out during the week to heat up for my kids. So basically, four days of frozen make-ahead breakfasts I have during the week. We'd have one morning that I prep that on the weekends, usually on a Saturday, and then we eat that meal. So that's five breakfasts covered for the week. So that just leaves two extra breakfasts to come up with. And so on those extra days, we do things like toast, parfaits, smoothies, bagels, or cereal. Um, And it just makes things really easy, especially since I'm feeding kids before school. I have about 45 minutes um, that they're at my house. And so I try to have breakfast done. My kids are up at about 6.15. Breakfast is done and ready at 6.45 when kids start coming. So it's a very quick turnaround and this makes it so easy. And that way my kids are still eating nutritious foods in the mornings, but I'm not spending a ton of time. So some of the things I make in bulk are I buy a lot of the Kodiak cake pancake mix and I turn that into pancakes, waffles, and then I get the dark chocolate kind and I turn those into muffins. I also do things like granola bars, egg muffins, breakfast sandwiches. You could pre-portion out smoothies, like whatever batch size you need. Um, Basically, most breakfast foods can be made ahead. I also typically make a huge thing of scrambled eggs or hard-boiled eggs for the first few days of the week so that we have some extra protein in there. Um, And I have up to nine kids for breakfast each morning. So this just really saves a lot of time. But any time you can squeeze out as a working homeschool mom is great. So if you can get breakfast on the table quicker and start your homeschool day or get to work earlier, so maybe you can come home earlier, whatever your schedule is, the less time you can take cooking, the more time you have for other things. So I just love this. You could do this with lunches. You could do this with suppers. We just find it works really well for breakfast because that's usually when I'm the most stressed and trying to do 25 different things at the same time. My next favorite tip for being a working homeschool mom is to clean when my kids are around and also get them involved in the cleaning whenever possible. So Like any sane mom, I would much rather clean without my kids around. It's way easier. It's less stressful. A better job happens when it's just me doing it, and it takes a lot less time. And actually, sometimes it's therapeutic to clean when my kids aren't around. However, being a working homeschool mom, I only have a couple precious hours a day that they are asleep, either at night, you know, half most of the time they're asleep. I'm also asleep. And then after they go to bed, I have very little time. And then I also get up early. So that's not a lot of time. And then my oldest does still, or my youngest does still take a nap. And so I do have some time then, but I really try to save those precious hours that my kids are sleeping to get work done or to have me time. I can clean when my kids are around. Yes, it's harder, but it's way harder to work um, or like sit and read a book and actually enjoy it when my kids are around. So cleaning is a great thing to do with your kids around. I do about 90% of my cleaning 
when my kids are around and when possible, I have them help. Things like sweeping, vacuuming, dusting, mopping, cleaning bathrooms, laundry, tidying, etc., are all things that I typically do with my kids around. The only thing I don't typically do with my kids around is when I need to like really deep clean or declutter or organize a whole room or like a pretty big project that's going to take me a couple hours. Think of like the pantry if I want to take everything out, declutter things that are old, deep clean, move things around. If I really need to use my brain um, and I have lots of piles of things that I don't want to get disrupted, I don't do that with my kids around because I have a three-year-old and that would just literally drive me nuts. If you have kids who you can do that around, great. I just am not quite to that point yet, but I typically do those things when my husband is home. He'll either take the kids somewhere on the weekends and I'll do that. Or sometimes things just have to be let go for a while because I don't have a lot of time to do those kinds of things and that's okay. Another huge sanity saver for me that I would highly recommend if you can fit this into your day is to have dedicated quiet time. So for us, obviously this is going to differ depending on your work schedule. If you are employed somewhere and you're leaving the house every day, that might look different. Um, If you are working from home but you have set hours, that might look different adapt this for your own family. And maybe it won't be an everyday thing. Maybe it'll be a twice a week thing. Um, And it doesn't have to be at the same time as mine. But I ran a daycare for five years. I had up to 10 kids total all day for 10 hours. And that was a lot. And the kids usually were up by like 530. They were tired by the time lunch rolled around. And so every day we had a built-in nap time. So I got all these kids to nap at the same time, and that was a great time for them to rest. And that is also when I would work on my business at the time and also just get some things done and take a little breather myself. And so after my daycare, my full-time daycare closed, we just kept up with that routine. I still had um, a toddler at the time who was still napping, and then I had another baby who is still napping who's three, and so she'll probably keep napping until she's like four and a half, five. And we still do this quiet time. My older two do not nap, but they still have a quiet time. And this just works out really, really well because by the middle of the day, one of my daughters is introverted like me and needs that time to kind of decompress and be alone after being around really loud sisters and mom who's telling her what to do all morning. And then my other daughter, who's very extroverted, still can really benefit from independent playtime and just some quiet in her day. And this allows me to get work done and be uninterrupted for a little while. Not completely uninterrupted because they're still kids and they're still here, but overall the expectation is for them to do things on their own and I to do things on my own. So like I said, my older daughters are six and eight, and so they do all kinds of things during this time. Sometimes they'll finish up some of their homeschool work, like handwriting, typing. They'll play piano, which I highly recommend getting an electronic piano um, that still has weighted keys. They look nice. They're not super duper expensive, and you can plug in headphones so your kids can play piano and practice without making a ton of noise, which is wonderful, so they can do that during quiet time. Um, And then my daughters will do things like play Legos, they'll play outside, they'll do independent reading, crafts, build forts, just go play. You know, this is a really creative time for, especially my middle daughter is super creative and crafty, so she's always making different things and getting different art supplies out and playing in that way. And so it's just a really wonderful time. 
Um, and then, so typically that time for our family is from about 1230. My youngest is down for her nap. And then at about, she gets up around two. So about an hour and a half of a nap. And then from two to three, they have screen time. So I can still finish up what I'm working on. And then I have kids after school. So I'm getting snack ready and kind of tidying the house before they come. So during screen time, they do a lot of um, learning games like Osmo, Night Zookeeper, Reading Eggs, Teacher Monster to Read, Khan Academy. And then they do get some time to just kind of play whatever games they want that I approve of and and or watch some shows. So that's what they do during their quiet time. And then that's typically when I will do things like record podcast episodes, do reels, make Instagram posts, write emails, um, create content, create products, emails, that kind of thing. So I'm getting a lot done during that time. Sometimes I will do like home things like pay bills or plan my week or things like that, make phone calls if it's like something I can't do easily with my kids around. But for the most part, I try to really stick to getting work done because I don't have a lot of time other times of the day. So this is just a really wonderful thing for our family. And I know a lot of other homeschool families do this as well, whether the mom works or not. It's just a really wonderful time. If you are working outside the home, this can be a really nice. Maybe just have one hour a day or one hour every few days where your kids play and they do something on their own, you know, or they watch a show for an hour and you, they're supposed to be quiet and you are getting some things done for the house or making those phone calls or paying the bills or whatever it is that you need to fit in or trying to meal prep or whatever it is. Um, it can just be a really wonderful thing to implement into your day. Kind of like a prep hour. If you're comparing it to school, most teachers get a prep. It's kind of like your prep. Um, and you're usually not bothered a lot during that if you're a teacher. So that has worked really well for us and is a great idea for other homeschool moms who are working to implement. Another thing we do that has worked wonders for our family is to do a four-day homeschool plan. Now we use a curriculum for most of our subjects. So I love finding one that's four days, but you could also obviously make your own or adapt a five-day to be four days. But just trying to fit in work and homeschool and being a mom and all the demands that come with that can be very complicated. And so I highly recommend having a four-day-a-week homeschool, whether you do it in four days or not, which I'll explain. So you can obviously follow a five-day, but I know for me, Um, The past two years, we did a five-day curriculum, and I felt guilty not doing the fifth-day stuff, or I tried to cram the fifth-day stuff onto the other four days, which is possible, Um, and I did do that for the most part, but I really like this year. We're using Peaceful Presses, Playful Pioneers, and it's a a four-day-a-week homeschool curriculum guide, and I love that, and how I do it, we still homeschool five days a week, but my girls typically go to my parents' house one day a week so I can get a lot of work done um, for about six hours, which is so nice and appreciated. And then another day a week, we usually have co-op or we'll go on nature hikes or go do something fun. So those two days, we can't do a full homeschool day because we don't have enough time. So what I do, we have three days we can do a full homeschool day most weeks, and then two days I split um, the re- our homeschool day into two. So we're doing a four-day-a-week homeschool spread out over five days. So on the days that the girls go to my parents' house, we typically just do our family subjects, which I will talk about next, 
And then on the day we have co-op or nature hike, we typically just do their independent subjects. And so that way we are still getting to all four days, but we're just splitting it over five days. That can work really well for a homeschool working family because you have pieces you can move. You're not trying to fit five days um, in, which can be really complicated. And obviously you can add, you know, all the stuff your kids are doing for the most part, are still school. When they're playing outside, it's school. When they're going to the store, it's school. When they go play with grandma and go bake, that is still school. But as far as like formally schooling your kids, if you can split, if you can get it down to four days, however you need to split that, if you need to split it over seven days, that's okay too. If you want to cram it into three days, you can do that. Um, But just having four days to work with has been really, really helpful for our family. And then I don't feel like I'm missing out on a bunch of stuff on that fifth day. Which leads me into my next um, thing that really, really helps me as a working homeschool mom, and that is to group my kids in as many subjects as possible. This year, and I'm going to talk about different curriculums and things like that, and I'm not knocking any of them. All of the ones I've used or learned about I love or have loved the idea of. It just wasn't realistic for our family, and that doesn't mean it won't be realistic for your family. Um, But this year, at, at the start of the year, or I guess last school year, I was thinking about this school year. And I have a lot of friends who use Ambleside online and love it. And I think, you know, I really was going to try it this year. I was really excited about it. And then my dad had a horrible accident last January. And that left me going to the hospital 15 to 20 hours every day or every week for four months. But I thought it could have been up to a year or longer because of um, the prognosis and everything of his traumatic brain injury. Um, and when I thought of, you know, back in January and February, I was thinking about September and I'm like, if I'm going to be going to the hospital a ton, I don't want to have to do all of these readings for both my third grader and my kindergartner because, um, especially my kindergartner can't read independently, um, yet. And my third grader can, but a lot of Ambleside stuff is a little more higher level than what kids can read at those ages. And so, it would have been a lot of work on me. And then my little girl, who's vivacious and wonderful, also can sometimes make read alouds kind of a nightmare because she wants to talk to me or needs my help with something or whatnot. So that just seemed like a really not the best choice for our family at the time. And so I looked for a curriculum where I could group them together. I had been using Heart of Dakota, which I love, which is also very Charlotte Mason based. Um, But I just didn't want to run two different guides for my third grader and my kindergartner. And that's not one where you group the kids together. Ambleside, you can, but it just seemed like a lot more work than something I could just print out and it would tell me what to do. So I went with Peaceful Press for this year. We have been loving it. So my third grader and my kindergartner do the exact same thing um, for most subjects. So geography, science, art, um, hymns, music, uh, history, literature, like read alouds, all of that, practical skills, crafts, art, all of that, we do the exact same curriculum. So I'm only teaching those subjects once. And both of my girls are benefiting and I can adapt it to each of them, but they're still only two and a half years apart. They can do a lot of the same things for that. So then those are our family subjects that we do together, calendar work. Also, um, we have like morning menus and things like that, that we go over every morning as a family. And so the only subjects I'm teaching them independently that I actually have to teach them is math and grammar or phonics. 
And then my oldest daughter also does spelling, typing, piano, um, independent reading, some math work where she's learning different songs to learn her multiplication, spelling. She does those on her own that I don't need to teach unless she has a question. And then my middle daughter who's in kindergarten will do um, handwriting and piano on her own. Those are her like and, and independent reading. So she'll do those three things on her own. So the only things I'm actually teaching are those family subjects that I teach to all my kids and then math and phonics. I teach individually to my two older girls and then I do read some books and practice letters with my three-year-old, but you know, she technically would not be starting preschool for another year because of when her birthday falls. So I'm not feeling pressured to do a lot with her because she honestly just wants to play, play, play all day. And that is great. And that's a big reason why we are homeschooling. So grouping your kids on as many subjects as possible can be really helpful depending on their ages. Obviously, if you have like a kindergartner and an eighth grader, that might be a little harder, but there are still things you can do art study and you just adapt it. Um, composer, uh, you can do a read aloud for the whole family and it still can be great for both of those ages. So try to think of how you can group your kids, even if it's just a few subjects, it will save you a lot of time. My absolute favorite tip that literally saves my sanity and helps me to do all of the things I do that I could not live without is time blocking. And this is not like a revolutionary concept. I'm sure you've heard about it, but for the working homeschool mom, it is a godsend and I would literally probably be locked up um, somewhere because my head would explode if I didn't do this because I'd be trying to cram things in new places every day and I wouldn't know what's going on. So time blocking has been so wonderful. I think because I ran a daycare, this is just kind of how our life worked because I had all these kids that I was watching. And so we had certain things we did at certain times. I could save certain tasks for nap time, after school, weekends, things like that. And so this just kind of, we carried with us through life with parenting and homeschooling and working. And so I have a lot of time blocks that I do. And so when I think of my week and where certain things need to fit, you know, every week's different. There are new things we need to do as moms or for work or for homeschool. I know exactly where those things can fit because I have time blocks. So I will probably do a whole episode on what my time blocks are, where I fit things in, how I maneuver things when life gets chaotic, like when my dad was in the hospital, like obviously that didn't fit perfectly in my time blocks, but I still use that concept to balance and it helped me tremendously when life was super emotional and overwhelming and I wasn't doing very well emotionally and mentally. Um, the time blocks really helped me continue doing most of what I was already doing in less time. So time blocks can be really, really helpful. Um, let's say a work event comes up or a work task comes up, I know when my time blocks are for work, which for me are 4 a.m. and again at 1230 when my kids are napping and then or my old when my youngest is napping and we're having quiet time and then on my work day, which is when my kids go to my parents' house. I know if there's a homeschool task when those things are happening, if there's a random motherhood task, I know what pockets of time I can do those in or I know that things need to kind of get switched around. But the basic framework for my week is pretty much the same because I block out time. Now, if you have a job or a business where things look different from week to week, 
this can still be really helpful. You can have kind of a loose framework or on certain days when you work, you have a certain framework and on days when you don't work, you have a different framework, but just having kind of a picture in your head of what things happen at what time or what block of time can really, really help you. And it's just nice to know, like, these things are going to happen at these times. So I don't have to worry about them because I know when they're happening because a huge part of motherhood that's very stressful just in general for most moms is the mental load and carrying so many things. So if you know exactly when things are happening, you don't have to be thinking about them all the time and feeling that load carried on you because you know what's happening when. And so until that time rolls around, you don't have to be worrying about all of those things. And it just takes a huge load off your back, literally, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, It just really works wonders and can really help you be a lot more productive and less stressed. And then lastly, this one is not really a tip, a practical tip, but it's more of a mental shift tip, and that is to just accept that not everything will get done. I know that's not probably what you want to hear, but it's just the truth, even for stay-at-home moms who don't homeschool and whose kids go to school and they have like seven hours a day once their kids are all in school to get things done. Even they have to accept they cannot get everything done. And so at the end of the day, we can only do so much. There are things I just don't do or I don't do as well as I would like to do them or I don't do them as often as I would like to do them. And there are things that just have to kind of take the back burner because this is our life and that's okay. And this is the choice and the sacrifice we're making for our family because we feel that educating our children is number one and I still need to make money. So And I enjoy my business. It's not just about money. It's also about, you know, feeling fulfilled um, in what we are doing to make money is also a huge reason to still work as a homeschool mom. So it's not always just about the money. But for us, the education is number one. We really feel strongly to educate our kids at home. And so that comes with some sacrifices. Um, For me, I don't deep clean as much as I probably should or as I would like things like my windows, the doors, um, the trim and stuff don't get scrubbed very often. And I'm just I'm just okay with that because there are more important things to me than having pristine, clean windows. Um, If I could, I would exercise an hour each day. And I did before I had kids. But If I'm lucky these days, I will maybe do a 20-minute workout or I'll go for a walk with my kids. Or if I'm really lucky, I'll go for a walk without my kids. But that's pretty rare. And so I'm trying to eat healthier and do other things to help with my health. But not everything can be exactly the perfect ideal way you want to do things. But there's still ways to fit some of it in. And then you just kind of have to accept that right now. Maybe it's just a season. Maybe it's until your kids are grown. Maybe it's until you can outsource certain things. But it's okay to just accept that not everything is going to get done. I also don't say yes to as much as I would like to, especially to things during the day. I get lots of people wanting to have play dates with us. And as much as I would love that, homeschool comes first. And so does my our quiet time because that is when I work and that's when my littlest naps and She's a lot nicer and happier if she naps, and I'm a lot nicer and happier if I get my work done because that's our livelihood um, on the line, and I really enjoy it. And also, my other girls really benefit from that quiet time because we have a lot packed into each day. And so those are really protected times. We only do things during those times if 
I can easily move stuff around or if um, it's just that worth it to us um, or it's a week off or something like that from school. So protect those times that you need to protect. That's okay. It's okay to say no. Um, Figure out what those things are that you need to do that you keep saying yes to and then you regret it because you're like behind on homeschooling or behind on work or you're just stressed out because you have no time to yourself now because you have to cram things in in other places. So many things that we say yes to are good things, but so are the things that we're sacrificing in order to say yes. You have to decide what's a priority, what's not, and stick to it. It's not fun, um, but we're adults and we have things that in our life that take precedence over other things. And that's good. We're supposed to prioritize our family over other things. None of us are superheroes, but we all make difficult choices for the betterment of our families. And that truly is beautiful. So those are my seven tips for saving your sanity as a working homeschool mom. I could do like a hundred different tips. So I'll do more of these episodes over time. But if you like this episode, please subscribe if you're new or this podcast still just has one episode. Hi, I'm so excited you're here. I would love if you would subscribe and I will have way more content coming your way. Make sure you follow me over on Instagram at WorkLifeFlu. I have tons of little tips through reels and stories and posts over there as well as my lives, which will be coming over here as well to the podcast. But if you want to see my face from time to time, you can watch over there as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am so excited for this new journey and I cannot wait to get you connected with more homeschool working moms and just help you balance this crazy beautiful life because it can be hard, but it truly is beautiful. Stay safe and I will see you next time. Thank you for stopping by my little cozy home here on the internet. I pray this podcast episode blessed your life and helped encourage you. I would appreciate so much if you would leave a rating and review and why not share this episode with a friend while you're at it. Make sure to follow me on Instagram as well at WorkLifeBlue for tons more inspiration and encouragement for fellow working homeschool moms. And don't forget to add a little fun into your day. Happy homeschooling. I'll see you next time.